Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. This week, I had the opportunity to interview NJ Umo, the founder of CompSciLib, an on-demand computer science education platform. Him and I talk a little bit about launching your first MVP, and welcome to the show if you haven't listened before. They found it as a show all about Boston startups, so let's jump right in. How are you? How are you feeling about the um, IdeaCon event? And just so you know, I already started recording because I feel like it's sort of weird to open up and be like, "Hello." Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I'm feeling good about IdeaCon. Um, yeah. I'm currently at like seven minutes. Yeah. Um, so I have some kind of down to do, of course, but um, I think I'm feeling really good um, to tell my story, mm-hmm. help a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, and yeah, I'm hoping for the best. Really excited. Yeah. So it might be helpful for us to just sort of describe what IdeaCon is briefly. And I'm not trying to make this be an IdeaCon plug, but I feel like it would be, you know, we can, we can talk about it briefly. Um, essentially, you know, my understanding of IdeaCon and I I'm hosting or helping, you know, co-host it, MCU, whatever it's called. Um, I think that it's an opportunity for people who have, you know, kind of had an idea itching in the back, back of their head for a while. They've been deciding, you know, how am I going to go ahead and tackle this specific problem? Or, you know, maybe they don't even have a specific problem yet, but the something in their, in their brains is, is brewing. I think IdeaCon is an excellent way to see, okay, there's people just like me, maybe a few years older, but they've been on this path where they've just continued to build things to try and address this need or issue that they're trying to solve. And so I think it's really inspiring when you can look and see like someone that is like you and say, hey, they're doing it. So what? why do you think IdeaCon is a helpful event? Um, I think it's not even only the fact that the nice speakers are just um, so relatable mm-hmm. and have their own, you know, path into entrepreneurship. But I think also the events, I actually went to IdeaCon um, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually where I started getting the some of the initial feedback for the pitch for CompTIA-Lib. Yeah. Um, and that's where I met a lot of the people that I still know today from the Build Lab um, from there. So it was a great networking opportunity um, great to just inspire as well. Like I was already kind of on the path, like of um, I was mo- already motivated to kind of uh, push through Comps Lib, of course. Yeah. Um, but just seeing everyone's different path into entrepreneurship made me realize like there's no one right way. Mm-hmm. It's just about being able to get the resources, being able to get the network, being able to um, believe in yourself and um, get the job done. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what Idea is all about, right? Just yeah. hearing from other entrepreneurs in addition to getting the resources, um, networking with other entrepreneurs, and um, kind of starting your entrepreneurship journey. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people um, started their journey at IdeaCon. Yeah, I think uh, I'm, I might talk about this a little bit at actual IdeaCon, but I went during my freshman year, and I actually have not been since, but I think that in some ways um, that kind of made me realize like, okay, entrepreneurship or, you know, trying to create your own venture, even working on someone else's venture. That's kind of how I started anyways, is um, a viable path. Um, It's very confusing to get kind of caught up in 
what's new and what's cool and like trending online in terms of um, gurus trying to say, you know, you can, you don't have to, you can break out of the matrix. You don't need to, I, I think that's Andrew Tay. I don't think I can call him <laughs> out, but um, you can break out of the matrix and like, I don't know, start selling people these products and look at how I dropped out of school and made $300,000 in one week. It's like, all right, cool. But like, can I, can I like get like some, some real, like, real entrepreneurs, people that are hopefully actually trying to do this as like a viable career, um, in a smart and safe and probably hopefully strategic way. Yeah. So I, I, do you want to tell everyone maybe a little bit about what you're doing? So what, what you're talking specifically about and just briefly, um, and why, why you were at the build lab today? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm going to be talking about my journey from when I was um, a young kid, um, interested in technology, but not promoted to go into it. And then from there, kind of going on the path of not really being passionate, not knowing what, my, what I should do, and then refinding my passion when I got to college, um, majoring in IT, and then switching schools and majoring in cybersecurity, and then finally getting to BU. I'm a major in CompSci and launching CompSci Lib. Um, and that the journey that took me there, right? Learning from my failures. Um, making the most of the opportunities that I got and creating um, opportunities and resources to get me to where I am today. So I think that's um, the main purpose of my um, talk, and I'm uh, really excited to share that with um, the IDCon yeah. um, crowd. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. And I think I, I listened earlier to what you had to say, and there were a lot of different themes that resonated with me, especially, um, you kind of talked about your family being from Nigeria. I think that there's a lot of international students or students that have immigrant parents that can very much resonate with the, uh, you know, we worked so hard to get you, you know, this family into this country. Um, these are the, we've been growing up thinking that, you know, being a doctor, being a lawyer, being, you mentioned an engineer, but even that might not even, I think even engineer might be out there for my parents. Um, it was mostly doctor or lawyer. It's, yeah. it's a lot of pressure to kind yeah. of go your entire life thinking like that's, that's what is viable. That is what success is. Um, and so I think another opportunity here is there's another way to look at success. Um, and so I, I, there are so many resources in Boston. I hope this podcast is one of them where I can, you know, get people motivated and excited and learning how to actually um, go ahead and build their own company. Um, and no one has it actually figured out, but you kind of pick and choose what advice is most um, impactful and something that you agree with, honestly. Yeah. So let, let's, let's start today's episode. Um, I kind of want to talk about launching your MVP. Um, specifically, I think you have a product that is the, it fits in that, that realm of being a, a software product where the whole MVP process is uh, something that's spoken about a lot. If you watch any Y Combinator video, um, you watch, I mean, if you really engage with any startup resource out there, they're always talking about launching your MVP. So I think it's really helpful if we get a little bit um, of more information about your experience doing so. But probably the first thing that would be helpful is why don't you tell us a little bit about your venture and your background? 
Yeah, for sure. So my name's NJ Umo. I'm a senior computer science major at BU. Um, I'm a Nigerian-American, and um, I am the founder and CEO of Comps.Lib. Um, when you think of Comps.Lib, just think Khan Academy, but for CS theory and math. Um, I had an issue when I was in school uh, learning CompSci. I was good at programming, but I was horrible at the theory of math. Um, discrete math with me, uh, comp work with me. I still ended up with A's, but the issue was the process. It took me so long to learn these concepts because there wasn't one place. I had to go to a million one blogs, um, YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Lecture slides were not that good. Um, so I decided if we put this in one place and we you know, make it powerful, we make it um, for students specifically rather than like an old person making it <laughs> for students. Um, this can do well. And this is something that I would have wanted um, to uh, use when I was a student. And also I would have wanted to give my two T's when I was a tutor trying to help students that were in my position. So that's the idea of Comps I Live. Nice. I think even though I'm not a CS person and I know nothing about a single line of code, <laughs> I think it would be incredibly helpful um, there should always be, you know, whatever, whatever domain you're in, there should be some sort of resource that's kind of just that one-stop shop for figuring out what you need to figure out very easily and quickly. And uh, I've seen your site and you guys did an excellent job. And I, I think it's, it's really, you know, I've, I think I actually saw your site about a year ago. Um, and I, I didn't realize it was you, but I've seen so much development in just that last year. And so, bringing us back to the story about launching your MVP, I think that a lot of people have this grander vision for what the product looks like a year or two down the road and um, might be scared to sort of just release now. Why is it so important to release quickly? It's important to release quickly because you have to fail quickly. Um, The thing that pushes a lot of people back is they want to get something perfect because releasing MVP is um, actually kind of embarrassing. Um, <laughs> it's bare bones, right? You don't yeah. have all the features that you want because initially, you know, people are going to think you're the next Google or AWS mm-hmm. or Stripe or something of the sort in that year, whatever, year X, like year 10, year 20 yeah. um, when you launch. And that's not the case. Right, you won't have the resources, you won't have the, the data, you may not have the expertise. You are to going to, to suck. Point. Yeah, you are. You are <laughs> right, and that's completely fine. I think in this day and age with social media, um, it's very easy for um, low self esteem and um, confidence because um, you hop on social media with something that people don't like, and you just get grilled. Like you just, you just, you just get embarrassed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but on the business aspect, launching the MVP is actually the best thing you can do, mm-hmm. right? Only have the features, at least I can only talk for software, right? But only have the features that um, are kind of the easiest to build or kind of the the baseline for your your overall mission, right? So for me in Lib, as a tutor, the main issue I saw was that uh, my two T's couldn't check their work. So what they ended up doing was for these um, theory classes, uh, discrete math and comp org, um, and other classes of that nature, they would actually just scour the internet and try to find um, calculators and tools to check the work. So I realized, and that was the same issue I had too. Um, so as I was just 
kind of, um, you know, looking over my two teeth sort of trying to help them, I would see them also trying to look for resources. I was like, okay, if we have high traffic calculators for students to check their work, that's a good MVP. We get high traffic. We can also see, um, validate, right, that students want to check their work in the first place, mm-hmm. right? And it's um, somewhat of low effort, right, because we're not using, at that point, we were using anything AI-related, right? So it was something low effort, but very, very, very valuable. Um, and from there, we got grilled, of course, and that was fine. <laughs> that, you know, a year later, right, our UI is completely different. Our product has a million one different features now. Um, and it's all because we launched immediately. We mm-hmm. got that feedback. We got grilled. We got all that. Um, every comment that we got on TikTok saying, oh, this looks like a student project. This should have this. Um, we put on our backlog. I, yeah. I was just hawking, hawking those TikTok comments, hawking those Instagram talk comments, um, hawking Reddit to try to see, okay, what in Discord and try to see like, okay, what do people not like? Um, and we ended up fixing that. But if you don't, if you try to make sure people will like it immediately or people will have everything that they need um, immediately, mm-hmm. you're, you're just never going to get to launch, right? And a lot of times the things that you want to do initially are not right. Like you yeah. have to actually validate you have to have a hypothesis and go ahead and actually validate that it's true. Um, and if it's not, fix it, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, as an entrepreneur, your job is to get the job done and launch an MVP, launch, getting something out there as soon as possible, and then iterating on that is the best way to do it. For sure. There are so many lessons to be learned. Um, speaking to anyone who's launched, I'm going to try and break down the ones that are most interesting to me and hopefully they're interesting to other people. But uh, the first thing I would say is the way I typically think about features. um, And right now I'm building a software product with my friend Kevin and there's a million things you want to do, right? I kind of break it out as a matrix in my head where it's high impact, easy to do, high impact, hard to do, low impact, easy to do, low impact, hard to do. And the first things you want to focus on are obviously the easy, high impact. How did you figure out what was that first number one easy, high impact thing? Yeah. Um, so for me, it's, it's a little bit weird um, in the sense that like my experience is a little bit odd. I started out as a commun- at a community college um, doing IT. Um, and then I went to a state school to do cybersecurity. Um and then I came to BU. So what a lot of people don't know is that, like, if you're a student who's always been academically inclined or around academically inclined people, you see things very differently, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to education. Because a lot of things that you may have learned earlier in life or you may pick up very quickly because you have a good background, a lot of people don't. That's not how a lot most people are. So what happened was when I was learning, like, for programming, I'm a logical person, so programming came very easily because it's like logic i just had to learn like the the um syntax but theory is like unnatural and um i always found myself like with low confidence trying to check my work and i validated that other students when i was trying to tutor them had that same issue right they came to tutoring to check the work um so from that i realized that based off the concepts that people are searching up or people are coming to me for mm-hmm. and they can't find something good online. Yeah. If we 
put a spin on that. If we make very powerful calculators um, that look nice, that we can, that people are already searching up, then we're already going to get a portion of that search traffic regardless, yeah. which is traction that we can use for everything else. Um, so what I did was um, I picked the kind of four main things that I saw people having trouble with. Through your tutoring? Through my tutoring. Okay. So the main thing was comp work because I tutor for comp work. Mm-hmm. Discrete. As a freelancer, I tutor for discrete. Um, conversions, number conversions. Okay. Like people don't realize how many times that they search up um, how to go from hex to decimal or decimal to octal, right? And um, programming mm-hmm. concepts, but not really programming concepts, more like um, theory concepts that you see in programming, like Fibonacci and GCD um, that you program in your um, intro to programming class. So what I did to validate that was on Google, if you actually go sign up for like a Google Ads account, when you're, you don't have to pay, but when you are trying to set up a campaign, it actually gives you, like you can search up, like just put a list of keywords mm-hmm. and it'll tell you the search volume for those keywords. So I just had a list of tools um, and things that people were searching up and I validated that these, and I was just looking at the ones that got like 10 to 100K of monthly search volume. Um, and I was like, okay, if we do this, <laughs> right? It's pretty obvious people want it. Right, people want it. Wait, that that is such a smart approach to figuring out features. Um, I'm sure you talked to users as well, did that whole process, right? I didn't. You didn't, okay. I, I did, but I, see, there's two ways to, to kind of get data. Um, the thing about talking to users is that people don't really know what they want or what they're looking for. You have to be a good interviewer. You have to be a good interviewer, right? Yeah. Um, and especially at that time, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also hard to get um, good feedback if you're not a good interviewer in general. Mm-hmm. So I chose a route of just literally, I was a tutor. So I had tens of students just popping in every single- Well, you're already talking to them. I'm t- already talking to them. I'm yeah. already seeing what they're doing. I'm already there. Mm-hmm. So I was just actually observing what they were doing. Yeah. And and that's the best. I honestly, to this day, I think that's the best way to get feedback. It's hard to get to that point, which is why I have like a really interesting take. Mm-hmm. Um, and most people wouldn't see this because I was seeing it every single day of people searching up these tools. Um, actually, to the point that when I was talking to my friend, my roommate, um, I went to his room to talk to him about exactly this. Like, so many people are searching this. He was searching up a calculator at that time. And I was like, this, like is this is a sign from the gods. Exactly. We, need to, we need to build this. Exactly. And I was like, I was just searching up these these things. I was just looking at the top things on Google. Yeah. Um, and I was like, these are horrible. Mm-hmm. I was like, we... I'm like, so surprised, like, that it was so bad. Like, you guys are the ones who were supposed to build good things. Yeah. Like... Come on. But the thing is, a lot of people don't, the thing is, a lot of people don't, like I said, I started with um, a lot of people are, that have the knowledge to do this are more academically inclined. So they actually don't see that this is an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw this as an issue because I came from a place where um, people are struggling with this. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're at a bigger school, you may have learned this maybe when you're, you may have taken advanced classes, maybe when you're in high school. So this may not seem like a problem. And, um, but it is a huge problem. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's a lot of things that are just like throwaway projects. And I was like, if there's a company that really put this at its forefront mm-hmm. and like commercialize this, these can easily be high traffic, um, very useful tools. They're already high traffic. Already right? high traffic, okay. right? Yeah. So what ended up happening, now we're number one on Google for a lot of tools that we have. Okay. Um, and a lot of keywords that I searched up initially. 
because I, I looked at what was already high traffic, what can we do better, and what mm-hmm. were we already going to do, yeah. and went from there. So that's a great way, right? Observe people who you're, you're target market and look at what's already high traffic, right? Yeah. It's hard to validate things that don't exist. It's actually pretty easy or a lot easier to validate or in, uh, kind of innovate on things that already exist, but you can do better, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's exactly what we did. Sort of optimizing for that SEO before even building Ex- anything, right? Exactly. What, exactly. Is, what was that process of, um, well, I think we can break this out into three trunk, three chunks. One is um, the before the MVP, and the second is like the process of actually doing it, the launch, and then lastly after. So let's talk a little bit about before. Um, you have the idea for CompSci, Lib. Um, how long between that and the first, uh, alpha is out there in the world. So I actually got the idea, the general idea for CompSciLib just um, the end of my freshman year towards the beginning of my sophomore year. So um, timeline, what, what year is this? Like 2019, Okay, so about two years before. Two years, exactly. Okay. But I, am, I, I didn't have, I already knew I didn't have the knowledge to take it where I wanted to go. And for me, it's kind of go bigger, go home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll use this time to get the skills to build a business. Um, so while most people in like CS will try to get to big tech, all of my experience was to be able to build a business yeah. and scale it. Um, so I actually had two businesses before um, that like it weren't startup, technically startups is more like one-to-one type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so a tutoring business and then, um, a consulting business that I still have. Um, and that's where I failed a lot, right? Like I I didn't, I purposely didn't look for bigger internships initially because I wanted to get the skills to be able to talk to clients, which is huge. Yeah. Be able to sell, be able to market. Um, the business side, right? Just having the skills doesn't do it. Like you have to be able to kind of be well-rounded if you want to launch something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sought out to get those skills, those kind of soft skills, those business skills. And then on the dev side, um, I already knew backend, right? I was already le- learning backend from school and I was already um, starting to make APIs on my own for projects. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew, I, was, I didn't, re- I was like, I needed to know front end and I needed to know ops. That's one thing that people forget about if you're trying to like um, get into like full stack. Yeah. Um, if you don't know ops, you don't have to like launch um, your product on servers, um, scale it, um, even if you do scale it, like it won't be at the last. Organize the entire other group of engineers, right? So everyone knows what the heck they're doing. Exactly, right? Automation, everything. So I was like, okay, so I need to learn DevOps. Mm -hmm. I'm an infrastructure. So I went out to find an ops internship, an ops experience, and I happened to get one. And at that time, I I forfeited like a bigger internship. And I got, I did like, I just got paid a stipend, a stipend. Yeah. At the end of the um, internship, but that was the most impactful internship I've had um, because it gave me the ground work to be able to build Council Lib. Mm-hmm. That's the second internship ended. I started building. There we go. Because I had it. I had had. I said had it. <laughs> I had the um, knowledge to now be able to build an API and, and launch yeah. it. The front end side, I was like, okay. The front end side will be cake. Were you were you doing this because you were fully like intending to build this? I was fully intending to build. It. Okay, so you were. I, I was getting all. You these were things. already building. You were like building yourself first, building like exactly. your knowledge base, and exactly. then like getting ready to do this. Exactly. Why? 
why not maybe more sooner try to find someone who could do it, what you're, what you were looking to do? I, you just want to have more ownership over it. I did try to find a co-founder, but you have okay. to remember too, though, that I started with the academic, academically inclined. A lot of CS majors don't see that this is an issue. Really? They don't. Okay. Right. Um, and CS especially is kind of pretty, to- it's pretty toxic actually. It's kind of like it's either, <laughs> you either swim or you sink. Okay. Um, so a lot of CS majors don't think to help other CS Are they just like, oh, like you're an idiot. You don't know this stuff? Exactly. Okay. That, that's, that's the okay. idea. So if you're like, especially new, there's no mm-hmm. one to actually push you. It's kind of like, oh, get help. Oh, this is easy. Oh, this is cake. Right? Yeah. Not knowing like they've, like the person that's telling you this has been programming since they got out the womb. <laughs> like it's, it's very, it's very hard to like come into CS and start um, being, you know, doing damage and, mm-hmm. and learn these things because it's, it's just not, uh, uh, there's not many helpful um, communities. Mm-hmm. Um, so That's pretty was, upsetting, actually. It, it is. It, it really is. But it also gives us a, and I already kind of already knew this, that, that, that it gives us a pretty good competitive advantage because no one else is doing this because no one else sees yeah. the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of that, when I was reaching out to people to be like, oh, I knew I couldn't build this alone, no one took me seriously. Okay. No one. You're also young. I'm right? young, right? And you probably I, didn't know how to talk about the specifics of what you were going to build yet, right? I, I did, but I didn't. I it's nowhere, nowhere yeah. near as fluid as now. Yeah. Nowhere near as fluid because I was still figuring it out too. Mm-hmm. I was still doing mar- like kind of market research. I was still mm-hmm. um, tutoring. I was still trying to figure out like what the base of this would be. Um, so it's hard to communicate. So I got left on right a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was sliding to CS major DMs that I, I knew. Look at me now. Yeah. Actually, a lot of people that I reached out to before um, that left me on red or yeah. said like they're not going to do it, they actually reached back out to ask for jobs. Oh, um, there you year. go. There you um, go. Does it feel good to be I won't even say sitting it. on the throne? <laughs> I wouldn't even say it feels good. It's just like it's it's a good it's a good lesson on just um just having everyone has their own expertise and everyone it's all about perspective. Yeah. If you don't see the, you can have, this can be a huge issue, mm-hmm. but if only one person sees it, right. Yeah. You know, that, 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 that was the case in, in, in my sense. Right. No one really thought that this was going to be big because it wasn't like internet of things or AI, but it was a problem. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the kind of, I know we're getting sidelined a little bit, but that's kind of the interesting thing where, you would think that if you have a good idea and you tell people about it, then, okay, um, they should like it because it's a good idea, right? But the problem is sometimes you might just not be great at communicating it just yet because you haven't really, you know, turned over enough stones to really understand it yourself. Exactly. Um, okay, so you start building it. Um, how long before the launch and how many people did you join joined and like, what did this process look like where like, you know, you open up the GitHub between opening of the GitHub and having it out there on the web. Um, so we started building like building, building, building August of 2021. Um, and so it's like a four month process, like like a four month process, maybe five. It was actually, yeah. Okay. I guess from start to finish, I guess six months because okay. we launched in February 2022. Not bad. Um, That's pretty fast. Yeah. Um, but we already had already had the groundwork mm-hmm. um, set. It's just about it was just about building at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started. I actually was like, oh, like uh, there's our, there's still the guys on my internship. I was like, oh, like, want to help? And they're like, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, at that time, they're kind of see they're very cool guys. I still talk to, I still talk to them today. 
but they saw it as like a project. They didn't take it like a product where I was seen as a product. Yeah. Right. Um, so what ended up happening was after like a month, like into like September, early October, they kind of, since it's always a project, not a product, they kind of like hopped off. They're kind of like, you know, lost some motivation, lost motivation. They're like, yeah, yeah. like it's not worth it. If it's going to be a, it's like, it's not, it's not going to be that big. It's going to be like, you know, if it's a project, like we can kind of just pick it up whenever. Yeah. And I was like, okay, um, that's fine. Like if you guys don't want to do it anymore, that's fine. I'll yeah. just keep doing it. But, the trains, um, the train is not going to stop. It's not going to yeah. stop. Right. But of course in a respectful way, like, you know, yeah. if you're not going to be able to hop on, like keep pushing, you know, that's fine. You know, that's fine. You just keep, you know, we, you know, we go our separate ways. <laughs> that's it. Right. Um, and Screw you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, um, um, one other guys now, you know, CTO, mm-hmm. um, he hopped off a little bit too, but he was, he was like, I, he was actually one of the first people I reached out to, but he was, he's a very honest guy. Like he okay. always said like, oh, I don't have time right now, but keep reaching out. So I actually reached out every like two months. Okay. Um, since my freshman year, like every, was like, Hey, what's good? What's good? What's good? And it was actually that August. I was like, yeah, I have time. Why not? Okay, nice. So actually it came back full circle because at the time we had, uh, yeah. you know, at least a couple of teams people to start building on the back end. And then, you know, he hopped off because he had to do work as well. I actually started hopping off because I was like, okay, let me let me kind of kind of quickly secure an internship. Um, and then I'll get back to it. Um, and then I wanted to transfer too. Um, and so I, I was in the process yeah. of transferring to um, BU. Um, I had a bunch of, I just, what I did was like go into a small school. Um, there's a lot of internships where if you don't have a drop down and be like, okay, go pick your college. And if it's not, the, it's only the top 50 colleges. And if you don't go to like those top 50 to enter in the drop down, you just have to put like other college and like at the bottom. So I was like, yo, this is kind of, this is kind of effed up like for real. Like, <laughs> like, so I was like, when I'm, I was transferring, all I thought was, like, okay, I'm going to just apply to the top 50 colleges that are choosing people for like, that have uh, open missions for the spring. Yeah. I mean, BU was one of them. So BU, yeah. BC, Villanova, like, what was the other one? Like Rice, Cornell, mm-hmm. places like that. Um, I got into uh, a couple, so like Nova, BC, a couple other ones. Like my safety was like Temple. I was like, I was just like anything that was like at the top fifty that people were looking for. Mm-hmm. I'm just so it make it easier for me because I was like, uh, like every time I got to put my other school and I, I got rejection a lot of times. So like, uh, like they're basically saying like you're, they're gonna if you're not a part of this like group, you're, you're gonna get rejected. Yeah. Um. So I was like, okay, I'll whatever, I'll apply. Um. In addition to like being able to get the funding because my school didn't at the time didn't have any funding. Mm-hmm. No one even thought about building a business. Yeah. Like barely even internships. They're just kind of like, yeah, mm-hmm. I just kind of learned. I was like, I'm not, that's not me. Now Boston's the place to be. So good, Boston good is choice. Boston definitely the place to be. Um, I had a, actually had an issue like um, choosing between BU and like NYU. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I was actually trying to figure out like what to do. That's a whole nother story. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so I took some time off as well to apply to schools okay. and so there's a little, a little, some breaks in some between. Breaks, so okay. I, from October to like November. Um, okay. So I got an offer. I picked. I was interviewing for like 20 companies. I picked the first offer I got. <laughs> I picked the first offer. I said no. I'm I'm done. I'm done. Is that just happened also be like the because that's that's the not offer. the end goal. That's it's not, not exactly. Yeah. It wasn't the end goal. I just wanted to um, secure something. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The, um, so the first one I got, I got the offer. The second, um, the recruiter got back in office. I I accepted it. Uh-huh. Um, so that was my birthday, November fifteenth. Um, nice. And then two days after, I started started going back to building. Okay, so then now it's November seventeenth, I guess. Yeah. Um, and you have two, three months almost, two two and a half till 
product launch. Yeah. What's happening in those two and a half months? Um, product planning. Um, I already knew that, um, and that's the time that our CTO was hopping back on. Um, and we had to look for a front end. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the time, one of my other friends, um, I just, I always used for my uh, friends from um, high school. Um, he always talked about his brother being in tech, but you know, if you're not in tech or you, the way you kind of talk about tech is kind of like, yeah, so this guy's like this, this, and this. this is my, my brother does like some type of work with software engineering. And I was like, okay, was like, cool, right? <laughs> that could be and anything. Then, it could be anything, right? Yeah. And then I just started talking like, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to, you know, I'm working on launching. And he was, I was like, I, I, I don't know a damn thing about front end. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, oh, I, I think I remember my brother saying he does like front end or something <laughs> like that. And I was like, okay. Like, I was dude. Like, I, was like, I, was like, I was like, I was like, interesting, okay. His brother happened to be a senior front end engineer. Oh, there you go. Um, Money. And I was like, I was like, bro, you ain't tell me this. I was like, <laughs> like I had to get it out of him. Um, because, but at the same time, he didn't know. Yeah. Um, so then um, he, he put me in contact with his brother. And then his brother, I, I pitched the idea to his brother. He's like, okay, cool. Nice. Okay. So, um, so people were start. you were, you were definitely getting better at probably pitching the, pitching, the, yeah. the vision a yeah. little bit better because yeah. if you can get people, you know, inspired behind you yeah like that makes that process so much easier to build a team right yeah so the front end's being built now yeah um i think we can cut to the chase the product eventually launches um i think something that's really interesting about you guys is the the, there's two things i think one is you want to have users when you launch like i I, right you don't want to like what okay you launch like now what what were you doing in terms of preparing users to actually get on the product and um, how are you building that community? And we've talked about this briefly, but I think it's helpful to explain on the podcast. Yeah. Um, so I started building a community in November. Mm-hmm. After the internship, that was one thing that was on my um, to-do list. Yeah. To start making the, get the domain, start making the um, uh, social medias, start mm-hmm. making the community. I already have my personal community. So at the time, I probably had like 5K or so or 6K followers. Um, on my personal TikTok. Okay. And I was already starting to promote CompSideLib. Okay. And talk about, like, I'm going to launch the startup. I'm already, I've already been building. Yeah. Um, and I think that when this launches, um, it will change the game in CS. Um, and a lot of people are like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> so, you're being, so you're being, like, kind of vague. I'm it's, being very vague, right? It's, it's like the Apple method. Just get people excited about nothing. You, you, got, right? you, you, you got to, actually. Yeah. That's actually the, the method, right? Because you can't just launch and be like, yeah, people are gonna gonna know. Like people, that's not the, the case, right? Yeah. People have to have something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we started saying like uh, we weren't making any outrageous claims, but we were saying <laughs> <laughs> we were saying like this will change CS. Yeah. Um, because I'm someone who doesn't have a us like probably one of the first people that doesn't have us like a, a pure CS background. Mm-hmm. Not like a, like a drop back box founder. Like I think he started programming when he was like five, some yeah. some crazy stuff like that. Like I'm I just started, <laughs> you know, coding in college, making yeah. a product. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have a very, very different perspective than someone else. Um and I, you know, was posting like my journey as well. I talked a bunch of, about that, I talked about advice I gave. I was um promoting my uh, my consulting business on there as well. Um and a lot of people that are interested, mm-hmm. right? Um, and my goal is like personally to be able to help people who are in my position, right? I always love helping people, yeah. Um, because CS is just generally a toxic community, especially if you're um, um, a black person or a person, a minority in CS, it's extremely hard, okay. Um, to find your, your your community, so I want to be able to provide resources and and 
answer these questions that I had, right? So a lot of people just end up asking more questions. I kept answering more questions. Um, so when I so when I started uh, actually promoting comps I live, a lot of people started getting interested, right? And I started like you know I made the, the social media, so I started tagging the uh, comps I live in my videos. And what people don't also also don't realize is that like when you get traction from kind of initial place like those videos, like people just start kind of exploring. And we start getting like trail like followers from there. Okay. Um, when you mean tagging, like you had a separate comp silo account. So yeah, and the content account. would be more CS based. I'm guessing than your actual brand. So we actually, I didn't post on Compslib till January, but at the uh, time that okay. we post started posting, we had like a, like a hundred plus followers. Okay. Because people were just, I just, I just put like launching in 2022. Yeah. Um, in the bio, and then people just following because I kept tagging it, tagging yeah. the account in my personal videos. People are like, "What is he up to?" Like, what is what's, it? exactly, yeah. exactly, okay. right? Kind of building up a little bit of hype, building up a little bit like uh, getting people curious. Yeah. And then in um, well, this is all to get that initial the, user that, that test, initial right? Initial users, yeah, like the initial users, right? Um, and then in January, that's when we started posting. I started posting just intro videos, like what is Compsolid, what is it going to be, when is it going to launch? Like, yeah. Started like getting out more of the brand colors and like start actually um, getting some flyers out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we launched our discord, I think it was either January 17th or 19th, yeah. but we already had that initial traction. So mm-hmm. within, I think the first week, I think there was like 200 or 300 people that popped in mm-hmm. um, because we already had that initial traction from the TikTok. Um, How did you bring people into the discord? Just promoted it through TikTok. Um, okay. And we put it in our bio. So I have, a, I have a few questions about this. Um, I've seen a couple different ways that people have tried to create like forums or communities or discords um, with users, yeah. especially in those early launch days. Yeah. Some are people make a website actually and they'll have it like split up between like requests for features, um, bugs we can improve on, um, Things you like, whatever. Like, there's just a bunch of different topics. Yeah. On your Discord, how did you split it up, or did you not at all? Was it just an open forum? Talk about anything. It could be bugs. It could be features you wanted. What was it like? Um, we primarily put it, promoted it for um, homework help in general, so math and program help. Okay. In addition to just joining the community, right, being a part okay. of a, a a worldwide community. Okay. Um. So it was more general. It was more general. Okay. Right? But CS oriented, of course, but just general. Yeah. Right. Because um, I think a lot of people focus too much on product initially mm-hmm. um, and trying to get your product out here. Ain't no one that want to hear about your product initially, right? <laughs> that's that's the truth a lot of times, right? Yeah. But there's a lot of people who will believe in you initially, but um, you have to kind of get it in a way of, you have to get people interested in the mission mm-hmm. first and interested in the idea and the problem that you're solving rather than the solution. Okay. It's, um, it's probably more creative also, right, in the beginning, which is important. Um, yeah. And also way more authentic. Um, yeah. So that's cool. I can totally see that. Um, what about now? How do you, is it still just an open forum? Um, how does someone like say, hey, I just had this bug or, hey, um, you know, a really cool feature would be this? Yeah, so it's all three. So we have math, program help, general career mm-hmm. help, because we have master students and um, um, full-time employees in there. Um, that just from companies all over the world. Mm-hmm. And then we also have channels for feedback. Okay. Um, nice. And we also do in the site, you know, the site um, primarily is all supposed to take care of that, right? Just having, we have a feedback, just a floating feedback 
um, bar where you can just kind of click and, and uh, contact us. And we also have a contact us page, of course. Yeah. Um, and that's where we get any bug issues. Um, also, as well, we don't, and I suggest this to any founder um, that's launching a startup, don't, unless you're doing like a really, cl- like a closed beta. We did open beta instead of closed beta because we were just focused on traction yeah. initially. Um, but if you're doing like an open beta, even a closed beta, you should try to get a monitoring tool because sometimes users have an issue. I'm one of those users, I'm not going to lie, that if something breaks, I'm like, all right, cool, I'm just close out the page. Right, you get right. frustrated. I mean, what, what 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 tools do you recommend off the um, top of your head? So we use Datadog, any okay. any monitoring tool in general. Yeah. Um, now, Datadog's pretty expensive. Um, there mm-hmm. you have, there's, there's, um, there's credits. startups, right? Startup credits. There's startup credits. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you, and you also have to have the knowledge, right? So you mm-hmm. probably need either ops guy or a security guy that does, um, data dog, or you can ask if you have a backend guy, just force him to learn it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, there's other ones like Splunk and Nagios. I'm a data dog type of, type of guy. Um, there's, so Datadog has a, a, a product called RUM, real user monitoring. Mm-hmm. So you can get, and if you know Datadog, I use Datadog. I, since I do infrastructure, infrastructure I know yeah. how to use it um, regardless. Um, so what we do is like, since we get, we can kind of get kind of heat maps of like what users are doing. Um, and if there's a bug, mm-hmm. we have monitors set up around that so we can go investigate. Okay. Um, so we've basically completely bashed any bugs that otherwise wouldn't have been reported. Yeah. Um, well, you're not you're not going to get everyone to self-report, right? Exactly. So you need to be able to cache them, cache them on yeah. your own exactly. as well. Exactly. What, what, there, is there any other things you can kind of pull from Datadog that are super interesting that you've used? You can pull whatever you want. Um, if you know how to use it, you can pull whatever yeah. you want. Um, so we can, based off the requests that are made and just the geolocation, mm-hmm. we can see what universities, okay. universities are, you, like, are using us. Okay. Um, so we can see what tools as well. Yeah. Um, so that's also our strategy for, because we're starting to go B2B. Mm-hmm. Um, if we already see, you know, one, one school, uh, just the UC system in general, yeah. um, across all the schools, like they use us a lot. Yeah. Um, UC, uh, UColorado, uh, Colorado Boulder. It's much easier to start with them. Yeah, much, much easier, right? Because there's already students using us. Yeah. Um, um, like, uh, what's it called? Syracuse. Okay. Um, NYU. There's like a, there's a, a bunch of places that we've seen a lot of traffic from. Yeah. Um, and we can kind of just get that data from Datadog. Yeah. Um, you can, you can, it's cool. It, it gives, it gives you a lot of data. You just have to know how to, um, use it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, this is running a little bit long, but I only have a couple more questions. Um, okay. So my next one is you launched. Yeah. What now, what were the first priorities of your team and yourself after that? Um, user feedback. So having as many people hop on so that they can break it and we could fix it. Yeah. Like break it as many times as you can. Break it as many times as you can. Grill it. Yeah. Please grill us. We invited people on, we'd hop on, me and um, uh, one of my co-founders, John, we'd hop on uh, Discord uh, voice channels and say, hop on. Yeah. Take a look at uh, at this. And we just get people grilling us. It's like, Beautiful, perfect. This is beautiful, um, but it gives and, you a lot of. You're not sitting there wondering what do I do next. Yeah, right? we're, we're well, like John's asking the questions, like what can we do? I'm writing notes. I'm I have the VS Code window open. I'm look. I'm, yeah. I'm putting on our on our backlog, um, and we're just doing this for days. We're just doing this for days on end. Yeah, um, hopping in. Well, the product gets a lot better a lot quicker a that lot way, quicker, right? Right. Um, we also wanted to get as much traction to see what people um, gravitate towards. Yeah. Initially, so we can see what we needed to mm-hmm. um, do next. Um, 
And also, if people complain, we can see what people want next. Yeah. Right. So it was just, um, but like, like I said, I've, I've had two other businesses, so I know how to get traction pretty yeah. quickly um, because I failed with the two other businesses. Well, not failed, but like I, I, I had my failures, of course, with the two other yeah. businesses. Um, so for track, getting traction quickly, you just have to, like, I think a lot of people, like, I don't, I don't know, I don't explain it, like, don't, are shy of telling people about their product. You try to get out to as many people. Of course, like I said, the MVP well, is people, people are like, oh, I have the next, like, Facebook, and I don't want to tell anyone about it. It's like, it's probably shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's completely fine. That's why you got to talk to people you gotta, so you can make it less exactly, shit. Exactly, exactly. You just got to talk to people and try to get as much feedback as possible. Yeah. Even, and also people don't, also don't know, like, and what a lot of the work that John was doing, because I was in, even when I came to be, I was in my room, coding a lot of times yeah um john was the one that was going out and getting um feedback uh face to face and even there's a lot of people that like a lot of people don't realize how much their body language gives off Mm -hmm. like if you see if you go to the site and you give a stank face and then you're like oh it looks nice like we know yeah right but we're asked we ask questions to kind of get why do you not like like exactly right okay so that's also another thing like that's why I also don't like using interviews because a lot of people don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't get my feelings hurt. I just want to get better, <laughs> right? So we don't like we we want to we want to be grilled, right? And that's yeah. what's gotten us to this point, um, being grilled um, by uh, our users, being grilled by people who don't want to use us because they're like, oh, why should why would anyone have this issue? Not mm-hmm. knowing that hundreds of thousands of people have the issue, yeah, right? And then um, uh, judges. From the competitions, competitions that we've done, right? Yeah. Being grilled by them has also helped a lot. So, just try to be grilled as much as possible, um, and but not don't let it discourage you. See that as like you actually, if there's a point that you don't get grilled, it's actually an issue because you you can't grow, right? So, um, I, I always take advice from. I know we're in the build lab right now, but I take advice from judges with a pretty big grain of salt. I think at the end of the day, you probably shouldn't be weighing anyone's opinion more than either your customer or your user. Yeah. And it's really easy for someone to, for you to tell someone outside of those, those groups about your business and for them to like start picking it apart. But they haven't seen you on that sales call. They haven't seen you deliver a product that gets people really excited and really hyped. They haven't seen you like talk to people and see just like how large this problem is that you're solving. Yeah. So, um, if you're going to weigh any opinion, it's, it's weigh the user's opinion more, more than anything. Um, okay. So got a couple more questions. Um, I, I think it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. People describe, um, or like, we'll talk about like entrepreneurship or building a venture. And I think, you know, what you're building is kind of the venture. I typically the, the way I like to think about it in terms of building a software product, um, I'm trying to build a software product right now, but people will always be like, oh, it's such a creative endeavor and there's no way, there's no like proper process or um, you can, you know, figure it out yourself and there really is no right way, right? I I sort of disagree with that in some ways. Um, I think what you just described actually was very much by the books how you're supposed to do it. Um, you're supposed to launch quickly supposed to iterate quickly. You're supposed to collect data and get better at collecting data um, and then build the product better and better. Um, 
And so I would say that's, that's pretty by the book. So congrats on that. Where are some mistakes you think you made along the way with this entire launch? Maybe the iterating, um, just something that you think you could have done a little bit better. Um, that's a good question. Um, I think if maybe just anything, maybe UI initially, mm-hmm. um, the thing about UI is that we are focused on mostly, uh, logic rather than the actual um interface yeah so we just launched with anything we just said let's just get out there just whatever Mm -hmm. however people can get to it the simplest easiest you want yeah um we did that because like i said like looking at doing like a bunch of market research Mm -hmm. there are sites that get five million plus visits a month and look worse than we did when we launched yeah um so we're like, UI is definitely not an issue. The early Airbnb page, have you seen that one? <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. Craigslist, but you're staying in someone's home. It's super sketch. <laughs> yeah, right? A lot of the sites that people are already using like, look, yeah. look sketchy. So I was like, we can, like, well, why focus on this initially mm-hmm. um, when we can just focus on everything else, right? It makes it easier for us, and then we iterate on that afterwards. Yeah. I guess if there's anything that we would have gone back to do, um, it would have been making at least a little bit of a better UI or hiring a designer yeah, or having a designer on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't just get, we didn't hire a designer till last month. Okay. Um, so we've been winging it. Like our UI like has gotten a lot better because we hired front end devs. Yeah. Um, it looks good. That we just did it. I just like literally just merged the last PR for our redesign last night. Okay. Um, so cool. like, that's <laughs> like, that's like um, our designer. She's great. She was just like, I, we, she got on board at like six or something like that. Okay. And it's just been making mock-ups. And so now it's going to become really pretty. Pretty, exactly. Okay. Pretty, 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 right? Before it was just like putting everything out there, but now there's like the, actually the aspect of like, yeah, use these lines and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll just build it. Right. <laughs> right. Nice. Um, so I think that's, I think if anything, I, like product-wise, I say the UI, like getting mm-hmm. the, the, a better UI initially. Um, and then I guess business-wise, I guess product wise as well, we didn't actually have our paid plan or our, like business model in general yeah. launched until July. Okay. Um, because we just focused pre launch traction. Yeah. Um, I guess if anything, we would have moved it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like, I don't mind, yeah. I, d- I didn't mind launching that late, but key part of making a business, business is making money. Making money, exactly, <laughs> right? Um, but we were fine with that because if you optimize for debt, if you, whatever you optimize for is what you get. Mm hmm. So, if you uh, well, that's the incentive engine, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, what what are you optimizing for in the beginning? Traction. Okay. Traction. Right. Um, because with traction, I th- I think if you optimize for money, you get money. Right. Mm-hmm. For sales, you get you know you, you can secure deals. But if you optimize for traction, yeah, traction mm-hmm. opens everything else afterwards. With with traction, you can do whatever else you want. It's a lot easier to start from so, a, pro- a product that has a lot of people using it a lot than. Exactly. One that doesn't, That's right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, final question. What is what is the vision for CompSciLib? Where do you want to take it? Um, for CompSciLib now, um, we are just expanding content um, and features. So our goal is to kind of hammer down on the general ed tech portion of CompSciLib, right? Mm-hmm. Um, every theory class needs to be on CompSciLib. Every yeah. concept in every theory class needs to be on concept lib. Um, and there should be, you know, more features that allow a student to hop on here and learn, right? Um, course planning, right? We're kind of 
turning it into kind of a, a like a baby LMS a little bit because um, we're also going to enterprises. So we've already started piloting with organizations. Um, next step is boot camps and then schools. Um, we believe that every CS student should be equipped with Comshot Lib. Yeah. Um, so then that's our goal. And then after that, we're just going to conquer, you know, kind of like what every business does, right? Like every, if everything goes well, at least um, – Kind of like you you do your side missions, right? You just have other <laughs> your side quests, side quests, right? Like yeah, you have like your other um, smaller projects. Mm-hmm. Um, you have some brewing though, I can tell. Yeah, we do. Okay, we have, we have quite a bit um, right. to just uh, you know our goal is to just conquer the CS market, right? Every yeah. every um, if you're a CS student, the goal is so if you, you need know, this if tool, you, if you knew if you if you know about Compsolib, like that's all you need. Okay, um, for everything. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the goal. So every, you know, we're starting with EdTech, but, you know, as you can imagine, everything for CS will, like the goal is for every product um, that CS majors currently use yeah, um, to be bigger, better um, mm-hmm. on Cops Live. That's cool. I don't need to see a, a TAM graph to know that this is a m- massive market. Um, do you want to tell people where they can find you, how they can get in contact with you? Yeah, for sure. Um, so it is CompSciLib. Um, so CompSci and then first three letters of library um, on every platform. We use the same uh, handle on every platform. Um, our TikTok is the most popping. Um, I definitely recommend if you're a CS major or you're you're interested in tech, definitely follow. But Instagram is the best place to either um, DM us or just follow along with our journey because we post most of our updates and everything on Instagram versus like TikTok where we post mostly advice um, and you know, we still post events and stuff like that, but it's mostly advice on TikTok. Instagram is our, is our place to, to go and, you know, join our discord as well. And if you want to reach me, um, you can reach my, um, personal Instagram, um, which you can get from the consulate page, um, or how else? Oh, LinkedIn. <laughs> I forgot yeah. about LinkedIn. Um, which is just NJ Umo. Okay. Awesome. I hope that covers it. Um, and yeah, you can, you know, find us wherever you listen to podcasts, but I guess you're already listening. If you're listening to me say these words, I don't even know why I'm talking anymore. Um, thanks for, thanks for coming on NJ. I appreciate it. Sure, I appreciate you having me. Absolutely.